Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. Our scripture reading today comes from Matthew, the book, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. It's called Satan Tempts Jesus in the Desert. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up into their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended to him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Brennan. Robert Penn uh, Warren, he, uh, he wrote a novel, and it was called All of the King's Men. Some of you may have read it or be aware of it. And what the story is about, it's about the story of a, of a governor of Louisiana and his rise of power. And his name was Willie Stark. And at the end of the story, he was shot down dead. Now here was a man who had gained a kingdom, but he had lost all that he had. You know, 2000, early, 2000 years earlier, there was also, there was this man from Galilee. And he said, what would it profit a man or a woman if he gained the whole world, but yet lost their soul? And perhaps when he made that statement, he was not only addressing those that were to hear him, but he was also looking back to a time of decision in his own life. You know, there is something so very curious about this man from Galilee. He has captured the imaginations throughout 20 centuries. He transcends time and place and customs and cultures and race and language. And there is something, something in him that just seems always to speak clearly to us. We see it throughout all the gospels, everywhere he went and everything he said, everything that he did, son of God, son of man, and we know that he became one of us. And while he is the answer to all of our struggles, we see him struggling with all the things that he faced. And as he finds the way for himself, he finds the way for us as well. 
We see this truth at the very beginning of his ministry. He left his home in beautiful Galilee. He went down to the Jordan Valley, to a place there on the river. He met up with his cousin John the Baptist, and there he was baptized in the river. And a voice from heaven came down, and he said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then Matthew writes in the very next verse, the very first of, of chapter 4, and it says at that point, And then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil or Satan. Immediately following his baptism, Jesus faces the temptation, the greatest temptations of his life. And the issue was not whether he would rule the world, but how he would take it. So out there in the wilderness of those barren Judean hills, Jesus struggled with what he would do and how he would do it. You know, sometimes we may not really take this very seriously. We probably think, oh, you know, Jesus really wasn't tempted. Not the way we're tempted. Not our Jesus. But we need to understand that the temptations of Jesus, they were real temptations. Jesus was tempted. The New Testament clearly states this. Matthew tells us plainly that Jesus was in the wilderness and that he was tempted by the devil. He did not say that Jesus wandered or imagined or was charmed or that maybe he considered his options. He tells us that he was in fact tempted and that he went there to be tempted. Mark tells us that he was tempted. Luke tells us that he was tempted. John doesn't take time to mention it. He was in too big of a hurry to get Jesus back up to Galilee. However, the book of Hebrew tells us he was in all points tempted like we are. Now surely he must have thought of some, some easy ways to do what he had to do. That was the temptation of his life. So there we see him. He was tempted. So let's look at what he faced. Jesus was tempted by the wrong use of power. That was the very first temptation. Matthew tells us that the tempter came to Jesus and he said, you are the son of God. Command that these stones become bread. And then Matthew writes, but he answered and he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus knew the answer was not in the wrong use of power. That would never relieve his hunger, and he was hungry. For he must not live by bread, but by the word of God his Father. Jesus understood the power that he had. He knew what he had. He knew how he could use his power. And here he was in a time of fasting. 
And the tempter told him, tempter told him that he could use his power to, to get bread, to satisfy his hunger, to feed himself. And what a temptation that must have been. But Jesus knew that he must not give in. He must not use his power, the power that God had given to him to care for himself or for any kind of personal gain or comfort. So instead, Jesus found out how he was to use what God had given him and the correct use of who he was and what he had. Isn't this a temptation we face? The wrong use of who we are and what we have, the wrong use of what God has given us. I tell you, that is a temptation which comes up before us every day. God has blessed all of us abundantly. There was a Sunday school teacher who asked the children in her class what God had given the children of Israel to eat while they were out in the wilderness. One little girl raised her hand and she answered and said, manna. And the teacher said, well, that's good. That's right. What else? And there was a long pause. And you know, it's always the little boy in the back. You never notice that? Always the little boy in the back to raise his hand. She said, well, Johnny, what, what else was there? He said, Mountain Dew. <laughs> God has blessed us all. And one of our temptations is how we use the power that God has given us, who we are, and what it is that we have. The life, the teachings, the examples of Jesus Christ, they all call us to the right use of who we are and what we have. We are called to respond the way Jesus did, with the right use of all that God has given to us. And we are called to do our best. That challenge, it always faces us. It is said that General Stonewall Jackson once made this statement. He said, do the best you can with what you have where you are. Marshal Ney was one of Napoleon's commanders. And when he had lost all of his men on the Russian front, he went back to Napoleon and he told him that he had tried and he had failed. And Napoleon asked, how he might know that he had done his best. And they answered, he said, Sir, I would ask of you no more than I have done. Jesus asked no more of us than what he has done. It has to do with the right and the best use of power that we possess, who we are, and what we have. You know, Jesus was also tempted by the wrong way to, to popularity. And this was the second temptation. Matthew tells us that the tempter came to Jesus and he said, as he showed him a view from the pinnacle from on top of the temple, he said, if you are really the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written that God will give his angels charge of you. And on their hands, they will bear you up, 
lest you strike your foot against a single stone. The temptation has to do something spectacular and win a following from that. But Jesus knew that he could not do that. And Matthew tells us again, he replied, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You know, Jesus understood that there was no shortcuts to easy popularity. Popularity and acceptance were not even what he sought. He sought only to serve his Father God and to establish a kingdom. And what a temptation that must have been. But Jesus knew that he must not give in. He was not to seek this kind of popularity that was easily won. Instead, Jesus found out he, that he was to go about his ministry and that he was to give himself and not hold himself up. His Father God would do that later on a cross. He knew if he was lifted up in this way, he would draw all people unto himself. Isn't this a temptation we face? The wrong way to popularity and acceptance? I tell you that it is a temptation which comes up before us every day. Sometimes we'll do almost anything to gain popularity and acceptance. There was a woman that was caught up in a Christmas rush. But then she remembered she had not sent out cards to some people on, on one of her lists. Oh my God. So she ran out to the store. She bought 50 cards. She came home and she addressed and she stamped 49 of them. She rushed to the post office before they came to pick up the mail. She dropped them in the mailbox. She came home. Man, that was close. After dinner, she sat down for a moment and the one card that was left over, she looked at it and she opened it and she read the words on the inside. This card is just to say a special gift is on the way. <laughs> she had to spend a few days left in that week trying to catch up. You know, sometimes we would do anything to gain popularity and acceptance. Young people face it all the time. We call this peer pressure. Adults face it. We call it keeping up. But the call of God in our lives is not to do that. It is instead to be faithful followers like Jesus, to seek and to serve God and establish his kingdom. One of the leaders of the early church in Polycarp, Bishop of Samaria, he was brought to trial by use of the authorities and he was commanded to renounce the Christian faith. He replied, fourscore and six years I have served him and he has never done me wrong. How then can I revile my king, my savior? I took him out, put him to death. Later when the Christians wrote their history of that period, they say Polycarp was, was martyred. Jesus Christ is king forever. We are called today to be people who are faithful, who seek to serve God in his kingdom. And finally, Jesus was tempted by the wrong kind of partnership. This was the third temptation. Matthew tells us that the tempter came to Jesus and showed him all the kingdoms of the earth. And he said, all these things will be given to you 
if you will just simply fall down, get on your knees, and worship me. It's all there. But Jesus answered, he said, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Jesus knew he could never be partners with the devil. He could never compromise who he is and what he was about. Jesus understood there could never be a partnership with the devil. He already had a covenant with his father God. The tempter told him that he could have all the world. All Jesus had to do was worship him and he could take the world. What a temptation that must have been. But Jesus knew he must not give in. He was to have no such partnership or compromise with anyone. Instead, Jesus found out how he was to worship and serve his heavenly father. Isn't that a temptation that we all face? The wrong kind of partnership and the compromise of who we are? We want a partnership sometimes instead of a covenant. And I tell you, that is a temptation which comes up before us every day. So we have to remember our covenant with God. We have to hear the call of God to come and to live in his covenant, to be his children. Do you know why Jesus made it through all those temptations? Well, it was because he remembered who he was. He'd known it all along. And in between his baptism and the temptations, that was when he had heard the voice of God. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he never forgot it. The voice of his father calling him. There was a boy whose behavior was terrible. But his mother noticed a change in him. He seemed to be making an effort to be thoughtful and kind. And so one day she decided to ask him, uh, what's going on? And he said, well, the other day at church, he said, the preacher put his hand on my head and said, you are a fine boy. And I knew he would be disappointed if he found out I really wasn't. So I decided that I would try to be one. He never forgot it. It was just like the voice of God that was calling him. One of the greatest American preachers of this century was Harry Emerson Fosdick. And he described his preachings as counseling on a very large scale. Few people knew that as a young seminary student that he reached the breaking point after one summer. He went home and he was overcome by deep depression. One day he stood in the bathroom with a straight razor to his throat and he thought 
seriously about taking his own life. And then he heard his father in the other room calling his name. He said, Harry, Harry. And it called him back. He never forgot it. He said it was just like the voice of God calling him. So I want to remind you today that in those times when you are in your own wilderness, trying to find your way through, and when temptation comes and offers you the wrong answer, the wrong choice, the wrong use of power, the way to popularity, the wrong kind of partnership, then you remember that God has called your name. This is my beloved son, my beloved daughter, in whom I am well pleased. And remember that because God has called your name, he will see you through. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, wow, what a, what a trial he went through. Temptation. We all go through it. We thank you, Lord, that you set the example for us, that you walk before us to show us that it can be done. We don't have to face the temptations. And so, Lord, we just pray that you will continue to be with us, that you will be our guide. And just like that little boy that the preacher put his hand on, the little boy said, oh, man, if he only knew what I'd done. But we know, Lord, that you have known what we've done, and you love us anyway. And so, Lord, we just thank you that you're always there for us. And pray as we go through this Lenten time, as we face many temptations along our way, as we follow you, that we'll be able to stand forth as you did and say no to the temptation. But we ask the Holy Spirit to be with us as we do that. And it's through your name, our risen Savior, we ask this prayer. Amen. Amen.